he was diligent because he says, fear not, God is bigger. And so just stay tuned because we will be going live on Facebook. And we just, you know, if things are changing so rapidly, but we are a people of faith. Amen? Amen. So thank you, Jay, for being so obedient. That's good. I got your bottle of water. Do you need anything else? I'm good. I got it right here. I put one up. I pre-programmed. I pre-gamed. Right? You got a pre-game? How's everybody doing? Great. You know, considering considering where I was Tuesday morning to where I am today, I'm great. Yeah. I'm fantastic. I had to have emergency surgery Tuesday morning to get an infection out of my knee. And so... Praise God, right? Because now I'm here. Um, it's been good. So let's just take a moment and pray. Heavenly Father, we, uh, Lord, we just want to enter into your presence. We, Father God, want to take, uh, as Tara said, to just pause, Lord. I'm so grateful that, that the world is taking a pause. That, that kids don't have to go to football tonight. They don't have to go to baseball. They don't have to go somewhere. Maybe they can actually stay home and, and spend time with mom and dad. Maybe, Father God, we can, we can have more family time together for the next few weeks so that we can once again pray and read your word and have time, Father, as, as families and as a country and as a community, Lord. And Father, yes, we'll have our distance. And yes, Father God, we'll have these moments, but we thank you. Let us see the, the glory of this positive, God. Let us see you work. Yes. Even when we don't see it, you're working. Yeah. Even when we don't feel it, God, you're working. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. And so, Jesus, thank you. We praise you in your name. Amen. Mm-hmm. So tonight... This is how great God is. Um, I was supposed to speak tonight a month and a half ago. So I had this message ready. Uh, God laid on my heart this message about, um, about being enough. That we should be enough. Okay? So we are more than enough in Jesus. And so that was the message that I got ready for tonight. And then we were going to be blessed and have Anna Mark Tubbs here. Uh, so Mark was going to speak tonight, and so Tara was like, hey, can we put you on pause? And I was like, yeah, sure. But the great thing is that I was ready. Amen. No matter what, I was ready. And so um, that's God. Amen. That's not Jay. Jay is never ready on time. Um, that is God. So I'm grateful for that. And, you know, we are living in crazy times. We are living in exciting, crazy times. And, and yeah, I, I know a lot of us are fearful. I know a lot of us are struggling. And we're going to talk about that tonight. We're going to talk about struggling. We're going to talk about being fearful. We're going to talk about what we're all kind of going through. Because we are. This is, this is just like 9-11. This is what our country, you know, the last time our country came together, it was for another crisis. Now, my prayer is that someday we can come together and it will not be a crisis. <laughs> we'll come together and we'll enjoy each other's company and we'll be able to, to have great fellowship and it's only because we love one another. 
but I'm going to take advantage of this moment. God's called me to take advantage of this moment for, for being in the, in the moment, to be present. Um, we have a virus in our world that's pretty much decimating the economy of the world. Not just America, but, but this is decimating the economy of the entire world. Money no longer is going to have the same value it did a couple weeks ago. And we might recover really quickly, but it, it might be a lot. But once again, I say that's okay. Once again, we're going to learn how to depend upon each other. Once again, we're going to learn how to come together and take care of our own. The ecclesia, the church, is going to be famous again. That's right. Amen. The ecclesia is going to come together again, and we're going to show people how to love. We're going to show people how to make a difference. Not because of who we are, but because of who he is. I mean, two months ago, our stock market was incredible. The highest of highs. I got to tell you, I'm retiring in a few years. I'm so happy. I mean, my 401k was sky high. I was like, man, this is really possible. This is really possible. I might be able to get that lake house. I might be able to retire and, and have a, a, a life. You know, we all we all want to have this, this retirement where we paddleboard and fish and you know, serve God and do all these things. You know, I had these great plans. And now I looked at my stock and I'm like, okay, God is not going to have one of that. But you know what? Maybe it's still good. Because it's really not in my hands. It's in God's hands. And I tell you the truth? Oh, wait. I'm not supposed to say that anymore. I'm not supposed to say to tell you the truth. I'm sorry. My friend Ron Purvines, Purvines Racing, he says to me, he says, Jay, you're a pastor, aren't, aren't you always supposed to tell the truth? <laughs> right. I was like, oh, Ron. So, Ron, if you're listening, I'm sorry, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we're going to do. 1 Corinthians 15:52. Uh, it says, in a flash, in the twinkling of an eye. It says more, but I want us to think about that. In a flash, in a twinkling of the eye, life for all of us has changed. In an instant. Everything that we thought was normal isn't normal today. The only thing that is the same is God. Amen. He is the same. And even though everything has changed in an instant, He's still the same. Let's dwell on that. Let's remember that. But you know what? We, the church, we're supposed to be ready for this kind of thing. We're supposed to have our lanterns full, right? We're supposed to have our lanterns full so that when the bridegroom comes in the middle of the night, we don't have to stop and go get oil. Our lantern's full and we can be ready. And so I, I want us to be mindful of that. In an instant, a twinkle of the eye, we're to have our lanterns full. We're to be ready for such a time as this. Because the church, the church is what God depends upon to meet the needs of 
our citizens, of our country, of our, of our world. This gathering, this, this little gathering, totally within the California standards, <laughs> distance, this little gathering, and all of you online, we are the difference makers. Yes. We are the ones that are absolutely going to be out there on the front lines doing whatever it takes to bring Jesus to a lost and hurting world. We're ready. I mean, we've all been eagerly waiting for Jesus to come back. And I'm not saying this is that moment. Please hear me loud and clear. I'm not saying this is a Armageddon or this is any of those things. That's, that's not what I'm saying here. But we need to be ready. We need to be prepared. And you know what? We need to be emotionally prepared. Because I think right now, a lot of us are not. I think emotionally, a lot of us are in a very frail place. We're kind of in a place where we're not, we're not so sure we're okay with all this. We're not so sure we're, we're ready for this. last few months, I can honestly tell you, I, in my own life, have been struggling. I've had some areas where I had some doubts, had some fears, had some things in my life that I wasn't quite emotionally ready for. In my house, we call it sadness. I've had a little sadness lately. In the real world, they call it depression. But in my house, we call it sadness. Um, that's just me and I, that's what we do. Hey, I got the sadness, you know, and, and we all do. We all have moments. Every one of us has moments where we're sad, where life doesn't seem like we're okay. We all have those moments. We all get to struggle from time to time. And, but you know what? It's important that we get to talk about. It's important that when we are struggling, when we, the church, when we as believers are struggling, that we reach out. That we talk to our pastors, that we talk to our lay leaders, that we talk to our friends. The power of confession is the most powerful tool against the enemy. When you can go to your brother or sister and say, hey, I need prayer. I am struggling. It doesn't have to be sin. It can just be sadness. It can just be, hey, I'm, I'm feeling the pressure of the world. I'm not feeling like I'm right with God because I have fear. Or I'm not right with God because I have greed or I'm angry. Those are the moments we got to reach out to our friends and our family and, and ask, can you pray with me? Can you take a moment and pray with me? That's the biggest weapon we have against Amen. Yes. For us to be able to, to share that we have a problem. I mean, in the church today, we kind of see, oh, we have a problem. That's taboo. We can't have problems. We're all supposed to be good. That's a lie. That is a lie from the enemy, and um, we should not promote that. We should absolutely say to each other, when we're hurting, when we're having bad sad quiet, whatever it is, we're going to praise him anyway, right? No matter what we're feeling, I'm still going to praise you, God. No matter what I'm going through, I'm still going to praise you. Because you are still nothing, nothing. As Peter said, what else is there? What else?
else is there? What is better, Jesus? You are the living God. You're the Messiah. We cannot let things get bottled up inside. You know, in my life, for the last 12 years, I've been racing series, racing my quad and racing desert races, Grand Prix. That's what I do. I mean, Team 2 racing is pretty much our ministry. That's, that's what I do on the weekends. I'm either racing the quad or I'm on the front lines praying over people or I'm at the hospitals praying over people or whatever. That's my ministry. It's racing. It involves the racing community. That's what I do. I put my heart and soul into this. And I have literally won a lot. I have four national championships. But you know what? I let that become so important. I let the winning become more important than the ministry. And God, little by little by little, has allowed me to remember my first love. But having that taken away, having the, the ability not to be able to race anymore, it's gave me a little sadness. I struggle a little bit with it because you get to where this is who I am. We forget that who we are is Jesus. But we let this world tell us who we are. We let this world speak to us and, and, and mold us into the shape they want us to be in. And for some reason, we as Christians sometimes go along with that. When really, we're supposed to be the clay. The Christ is molding. The Christ is spinning on the wheel and, and getting us to the shape He wants us to be in. And yeah, I've struggled a little bit. I keep asking myself, am I enough? Is just being a pastor going to be enough? Is that going to be what it is that I am going to be satisfied by? These are the questions I keep asking myself, and I'm sure we all ask ourselves, am I enough? But you know what? This need, not being able to ride, race, all those things, has allowed me to get my priorities back. Isn't it crazy how God uses whatever the enemy means for, That's right. for evil? Yeah. God turns to good. God turns to good. And I could go on a little bit about things that are bothering me, but honestly, I'm not sharing this stuff to, to get attention or for you to feel sorry for me. I just want to be real tonight. The whole goal is for you to know I want to be real. I want you to see that we all struggle. We all have moments. We all have bad days. So I'm going to tell you about one of my favorite guys in the Bible that had bad days. His name was Paul. We all know Paul, right? He, he wrote, you know, half of the New Testament, or, or at least influenced it anyway. Um, this is 2 Corinthians 12, 7 through 10. It says, Therefore, in order to keep me from becoming conceited, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to, to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, 
I will boast all the more gladly about my weakness, so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weakness, in insults, in hardships, in, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. I totally understand what Paul is saying here. And I want you to understand it. I want you to live this. I want you to absolutely feel the power of the weakness in Christ. I mean, Paul... Paul was a zealot, right? When he was Saul, when he was a Pharisee of Pharisee, he was a zealot. He, he had power. Of course, he was the evil one. <laughs> he was the guy that was going around killing Christians and, and destroying people, but he had power. And then all of a sudden, he meets Jesus on the Damascus Road and he turns Saul to Paul. In that moment, all the things that Paul knew, all the things that Paul had in his life that, that brought him, I don't know if he had joy being mean like that, but the things that he thought he was in control of, he was no longer in control. He was no longer in power. He let Jesus be in power. He let the Father be in power. Saul, the great Jew, proved to be Paul, the great disciple. Now he went from being a big deal to being an unknown. He had to learn and earn the other disciples' respect. They didn't know who he was. How could they trust him? But Paul was filled with the Spirit. And he had a gift for teaching. He was a great apostle. He wrote great, great words. He went on and did great things for the kingdom. But sometimes things happen in our life and, and Paul says that he was tormented. And I don't know if he had sickness or whether he had sadness or what it was. We don't know what it was. But he said that he was tormented. And he asked God to take it away. And yet, God did not. Be reminded of that tonight. Sometimes it's no, right? Does that mean God is not with us? Does that mean God is not for us? Absolutely not. Does that mean God wants us to suffer? No. That is not God's nature. God's nature is not for you to suffer. Amen. But bad things do happen to good people every day. Every day. Because God allows the, the rain to fall on the righteous and the wicked. He just wants us to remember that all good things come down from the Father of lights. All good things come down from our Father in heaven. As I grow in my walk with Jesus, I understand that, that my physical appearance, my stature, my, my standing life, that does not really matter to God. The fact is I am chosen. The fact is you are chosen. I have been selected by the Savior of the world to be a light, to do whatever it is that He calls me to do, and do it in such a way that it brings Him glory. That is enough. That is enough that we get to do whatever He asks to bring Him glory. Yes. That is enough. 1 Samuel 16, 7. We're going to talk about my next hero here because we're going to talk about David for a while. Love David. 1 Samuel 16, 7. 
But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things that people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord, the Lord looks at the heart. And the script here is talking about David. So Samuel's told by God that, that he's going to go anoint the next king of Israel, right? That's going to be one of Jesse's sons. So Samuel's going in there, and he, he walks into this, this area where all Jesse's sons are at, and, and uh, he, he sees uh, Eliab, and he's very tall, very handsome. And obviously Samuel's going, oh, it's going to be that guy. He's looking good. That's got to be the next king, right? No, that's when God says, do not consider his appearance or his life, for I rejected him. And Jesse keeps bringing on other sons, and he's like, nope. Samuel's like, nope, nope, nope. Next, next, next. He's out of sons. Don't, don't you have any more sons? Uh, David, little David. He's tearing the sheep. Guess who the king's been? Saul gives him the best armor and he gives him this big Saul. And old David can't even walk. 
he's literally stumbling with his armor and this sword on. He's stumbling. He's like, I can't fight with this. I can barely walk. So he takes it off. And he goes down by the riverbed. He finds five smooth stones. He looks at them. And he goes back to Goliath and he pulls out a sling that he'd used to defend his family for years. Hits Goliath right in the center of the head and knocks him down. Knocks Goliath down. A little later. With a stone. One stone. One shot. And then David took Goliath's sword and took his head off. So I don't know how he lived through it, but he did. Once again, God, not David. God handled it. The point here is that David was enough. David was enough because God's enough. Mm -hmm. David had the victory because God gave him the victory. And he believed. He believed that God would protect him. He believed that God would anoint him. He believed and trusted in the living. That's how I want you to live. That's how I want you to live. I want you to live your life knowing that you are chosen by the living God. Knowing that you have the authority, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead, yes. the same Amen. power Amen. you have in the Holy Spirit. Amen. The same power. Amen. We are able to do all things. Greater things than this will you do. Yes. Greater things. Amen. Amen. Greater things. God is our God. You are enough. Because God has a plan. Romans 8.37. The whole book of Romans is by the book, and that's my jam. The Romans 8, that's my life. I'm going this. Now, no, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. You know, last month, some of you guys know, I don't know if I told all of you, but I lost my phone. I lost my phone in the middle of the desert. I was at a race, and I was out there, and I was, you know, filming the quads, and somebody came back and uh, talked to me as I was getting ready to take off, and I left my phone on the, on the fender of my quad, and I forgot it, and I put my helmet on and took off. So, get back to the truck, and no phone. I searched by my truck and I asked everybody I saw and ended up going back to the starting line where I, where I started and looked everywhere couldn't find it. I was so sad. But I'm thinking, hey, you're an electronic engineer. You got some toys. So I go home and I get this electronic sniffer that I have. You know, and it, it, it can absolutely see anything. You know, it can, it can find a bug. Eight feet away. <laughs> so if you guys even debug your house, just let me know. Small fee, I'll come over and take care of it. But uh, I'll probably get it for free. Someday it might be a job of mine, so just so you know. Bring um, a roll of toilet paper with you when you yeah. come. Yeah, <laughs> I'll bring a roll of toilet paper. Amen. Praise God. That's uh, actually not a bad idea. Yeah. It's a So that might come in handy someday. Anyway, we go out. I go out. Ginny's in Bulgaria. So my wife is gone. I'm by my own. And uh, how crazy is that? That my wife and Tara got to go to Bulgaria. How crazy is that? That people from our family, from our tribe, went overseas, 
serve the mighty God in a mighty way, no matter what storm was in the world, they went over and served God. Their home safe and, and, and made an impression. That blows my mind. We'll talk about that some other time. But I just, man, that blows my mind. My little wife went over there and served the mighty God. Amen. You know, Tara's used to that. But Jeannie, man, she came back. My wife's a new person. Let me Amen. Tell you. She Amen. came back different. She will never be the same. That's great. Her spiritual gifts came on fire. I mean, she's like laying hands on me, and I'm like, whoa. Amen. That girl, that girl came back different. Praise God. So good. Praise God. So, anyway, back to my phone. I can't find it. It's on. I know it's on. I'm sniffing. Can't find it. People called it, whatever. Just went. <laughs> I find my phone. It just, it actually said it was on China Lake. Because that was the tower that it was hitting off of. But one, the last tower hit was on China Lake. And so, uh, yeah, it was gone. But you know what? I, I saved for two years for that phone. I, I, I'm a cheapskate. I had an iPhone 5 for seven years. So it's like, I really, I was like, God, if it's, your, if it's your will, let me find my phone. Next day, I went back. And I walked around for a while, but my knee has been bad for over a month now. So I got on my quad, and I just prayed, and I said, God, if it's your will, just show me where my phone's at. So I started going, you know, just go. God, when God speaks to me, he just says, go, Jay. He says, go forward. I hear that more than anything else in the world in my walk with God. He says, go forward. So I'm going forward, and all of a sudden, I recognize a rock. I'm like, oh, I recognize that rock. I was on this road. So I start looking around, and sure enough, there's, I see quad tracks. I'm like, oh, because I kind of like going in the middle of the desert. It's in an area where it's an open area. I wasn't breaking the rules. Just so you know, but I was in an open area, so I like going across the desert. So I follow these tracks, and then it goes up to the top of this hill, and it goes left or it goes right, and going down, it's just like rocks. I'm like, I went left for a while on the tracks, went right for a while on the tracks. I sat there and I said, God, what do I do? And I just heard him say again, go for it. I'm like, it's like a rock ledge, God. I did. I went off and, you know, I am a professional block racer, close to it. So I, I am pretty good. So going off stuff like that does not scare me. So I just went off it. And it was a really rocky hill. I get down to the bottom, and there's quad tracks. I must have rode straight up that thing for fun. And so here's my quad tracks. So I'm like, oh my goodness. So I follow my quad tracks for a little while. And about 100 yards down in the middle of the desert, I see, I see my shiny little phone. Is that crazy? The front, the front was all broken. I was like, oh, that's a bummer. But I had one of those glass shields on it, you know? So I lifted it off. Pristy. <laughs> that's my God. And I know that's a silly story, but that's my God. It's the little things that God does in our lives that absolutely increases our faith. That allows us to go, I trust you. Yeah. 
If I can trust them with those little things, the things that are that are touchy-feely that we know, that we can see, it's so much easier to trust them in the big things. I gotta tell you, I prayed, I worshiped, I cried. I sat there giving God the glory. Because to me it was it was a miracle. I mean, come on. It was almost five miles in between these two spots. This isn't just something that just happens. It was to me, it was a miracle. Oh yeah. I want us to have that kind of freedom. I want us to have that kind of joy. I want us to have that kind of faith where we're gonna know. I'm gonna find my phone. I'm gonna find my car keys. I'm gonna find whatever it is I'm looking for because my father gives good things to his children. I want us to have the freedom to do crazy things. Yeah. I want us to have the freedom to absolutely do things that make no sense. Because you know what? Sometimes God doesn't make sense. Sometimes He's just God. Yeah. I want to do crazy things. I want to feel led to do crazy things. I want to be excited about crazy things. Because I know that's what God's calling us all to. That's right. He's calling every one of us to crazy things. He's calling us to things that don't make sense. Yeah. He's calling us to things that, that we never dreamed were going to be in our life. Yeah. I'm never going to do that. That's never going to be. Eddie, uh, right? I'm never going to be that guy. And yet, I'm that guy. <laughs> I'm not going to speak in tongues over people. Someday, maybe. We'll see. 2 Samuel 6, 14 through 15. This is David. This is the this is once again my hero, David. Wearing a linen robe, David was dancing before the Lord with all of his might, while he and all of Israel were bringing up the ark of the Lord with shouts and the sound of a trumpet. David worshiped God with abandon. It wasn't the right thing to do, just so you guys know. Normally they wouldn't have the ark out. But David were to pull the ark out and draw Israel into to absolutely praise and, and sing and dance and shout before the Lord. It wasn't the normal thing, but David felt called to worship with the band. And because of that, it changed Amen. the hearts of Israel. That's right. Because of that, it changed their hearts and drew them closer to their father. We have a Davidic covenant because of that moment. God told David, I will have a king on your throne forever. Because of David's joy and abandoning the worship of God. And we know who that king is, right? King Jesus. Forever he will be on David's throne. Talk about taking chances for the kingdom, right? We gotta start taking chances. Amen. We gotta start doing things that are not normal. We gotta start doing things not worrying about this. I know what's gonna happen if this goes away. I'm going home. I'm ready. Looking forward to it. If it's tomorrow, great. If it's 100 years from now, please God. 
his body can take maybe 10 or 15. I don't know. But honestly, I want to have that freedom in my heart to do whatever God calls me to do. I want to have that excitement in my heart to be able to go forth and do what God has called me to do. To not worry about what other people think. To absolutely see God's word. To trust God's word and say, this is enough. Am I sad because of things? Maybe. But my God's bigger. That's right. Am I struggling because of fear? Maybe. But my God's bigger. I am a child of the king. That's right. My Lord sits on the right hand side of the Father and he intervenes and intercedes for me daily. That's right. When God makes a covenant, it is forever. We humans mess it up, but God's covenants are forever. And our covenant with King Jesus, that's forever. It is forever. It's not just for a little while. Our covenant with Jesus is forever. I can see this glorious new covenant that Jesus has provided, and it's the fulfillment for all the other covenants. I see how Jesus becomes all things. He is the law. He is the sacrifice. He is the son. He is the heir. He is the second Adam that did not sin. First Adam would. King Jesus did not. Amen. He did not sin. And I want you to remember, in the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus asked the disciples, took them up, and he said, hey, guys, pray for me. I'm going to go talk to Dad. I'm going to talk to and he asked, he said, God, if you can take this cup away, that'd be great. But if you can't, it will be done. I want us to remember, even Jesus asked God for relief. Even Jesus asked God for relief. But then, he still went to the cross. We have fear. We have doubts. We have sorrow. Whatever we have, we have. But we're still going to go to the cross. Because the cross is our forgiveness. It is our salvation. Only the blood of Jesus will redeem you. The one thing that I know, Christ will save The one thing that I he is all authority, and because of that, we have the power of the Holy Spirit, the knowledge of the Father, and the grace of the Son to fulfill the Great Commission. Matthew 28, 28, 18-19. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you to the very end of the age. I love that we get to do life together. I do. I love that we get to do life together. The people that are in my life are amazing. We love God with abandon. That's right. We serve each other with abandon. We serve our community with abandon. You know why? Because of the cross. 
Because of the blood of Jesus has called every one of us to redemption. And because of that, we want to share that same power, that same authority, that same love, that undeniable love with everyone else. That is the power of Jesus. That is who is going to save us in this time. In this time of our lives when things are upside down, the one thing that I know, Christ will save you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord God, I, I am glad that you are enough. Father God, for those tonight that, that may be struggling with sadness, with fear, with anything, Father God, that is not of you, Father God, remove those things. Fill them up with your Holy Spirit. Fill them up, Father God, with your knowledge and power and authority. Let us depend upon the cross. Let us depend upon your blood. Let us depend upon your strength, Father God. Your Psalm 91, your, your uh, protection from the pestilence, Lord God. You are our strong tower. You are the feathers that we can hide under and be safe. Lord God, tonight I pray for my family. I pray for our family. I pray for the ecclesia, for the church, Lord God. I pray for everyone in this world that they use this time, this pause, to reflect upon their life with Jesus, to reflect upon his love and his kindness and his mercy. And Lord God, I pray your protection over everyone, our governments, our leaders, our children, our parents. I pray your protection over us all. May we be covered by the blood. May this be a Passover moment, Lord God, where the blood of the Lamb is on the doorway. And this evil virus, Father God, pass over us all. We love you, Father. We praise you. We give you glory. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 So before Amy comes up to close us out, I just wanted to share a few more things. Um, when Jay was talking about David and Goliath, actually, Barb, Todd, and I were in that field where David gathered those stones and killed Goliath. When I got back from Israel, I often go stop at our mayor's office, Peggy Braden, and I pray with her. I brought things back for some people, and I took her a wooden cross that was made from olive wood in Bethlehem and I took her a rock because I gathered some rocks from where David slaved life and I said these are for you and this is you know from Bethlehem and it's from true olive, olive wood and of the olive trees and I said but this is where David you know slaved life and I just would like to give this to you for strength to lead our city as you continue to lead our city. And she took them both and she says, this is really nice, but this I'm going to carry with me in my purse daily. And that's the mayor of our city. So I really want to encourage, as I said, we're praying, we're watching, we're listening, and we don't know because things are changing so quickly. So we don't know what's going to happen. But what we do know is that God's in charge. Yes. 
So I want to challenge you all with a few things. Absolutely pray for our president, pray for our governor, pray for the mayor of our city, uh, Peggy Breeden. Pray, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to list them by name. You know, it's important that we know our leaders' names. Whether we agree with them or not, it is biblical and it is a mandate for us to pray for the people that are in lead of our lives. To some, you know, but that's the, the mandate of the Bible. So we are to pray for President Trump. Yes. We are to pray for Gavin, our Governor Gavin Newsom. Yes. And we are to pray for our prayer, our, our, our excuse me, Mayor Peggy Breeden. And we are to pray for our Chief of Police, Jed McLaughlin. We are to pray for our CEO of the hospital, Jim Suver, who is doing a phenomenal job, the best. They all are doing phenomenal jobs. Pray for Dave Ostash, who is our superintendent of schools. It is so very, very, very important that we pray. And so we don't know, really. I mean, truly, we don't know what our next breath or step is going to bring us. But what we do know is we have this breath to speak. So as I take this breath that I know that I have now that is given to me by the Father God, I encourage you to pray, and I encourage you if there comes a time where we are even more segregated, to, use, to read the living word of God. What if God is giving us this time to take a pause and read his living word? What if... Uh, you know, I mean, uh, for many of us, absolutely, it would be very difficult for us not to see the loved ones that we have. And with technology, we can't see their face. But what if there was a two-week sabbatical, or whatever it may be, that we were together with our family and with our Father, and we prayed, and we really read and learned the Word of God? I mean, wow, you know? I mean, for me, when all this has come about personally, it'd be easy for me to say, we're shutting everything down, because that's what terror, I would love to have two weeks with the Lord. I, I mean, I, I love it. I crave being with Him. I love to be with Him. As of now, we've been open. We are, we are honoring. We are clean. We are, we are, we are abiding by the CDC uh, guidelines. But yet, there's only one person in here at a time praying or worshiping God. Praise God. So just remember that to take your home and make it your prayer house, because we are the prayer house. We are a house of prayer right here, each one of us. So I just want to really encourage you, because I love each and every one of you, only because God loves me. I can love the way that we're supposed to love, because I feel his presence and love every day. And so I know that God is on the move, and he is the God of everything. So I just want to encourage with you to, to get in the Word of God. Great word today, brother. I love you. I love doing life. I, I'm, I just, I'm so grateful. We have the privilege and the honor to know who he is. And so praise God we have our Bibles. There's some countries that don't have their Bibles. So let's not take advantage of that and let's read the living Word of God. Basic instructions before leaving earth. Amen? So I want to call Amy up.